Welcome to the podcast that's dedicated to helping business owners prepare their business for exit so that when the time comes, they can maximize value and exit on their own terms. This is the Exit Insights podcast, and it's presented by Succession Plus. I'm Daryl Bates-Brownsword, and today I'm talking to Pete Caltabiano from C-Suite Impact CFOs. I've known Pete a few years personally, and and Pete has started a practice, well, a few years ago now, Pete, um, and you're covering the, well, the mainland USA, is that correct? Yeah, that's right. We have national coverage around the United States, based in New York City, though. You're based out of New York, and and why don't you give us a a little bit of an overview of C-Suite, what C-Suite cover? Yeah, so C-Suite just brings that that element of what I like to refer as the gig worker to the small to mid-sized uh, you know, business owner. And we focus on working with entrepreneurs and helping them grow their business and prepare for, for an exit at some point you know, down the road. And when you say um, you know, mid-market SME type businesses, what, what sort of size businesses um, do they need to get to when they're ready to work with someone like yourself? Or one of your one of your team. Yeah, sure. So typically, we look to work with uh, companies between five million and a hundred million in revenue. Our sweet spot probably falls into ten to twenty-five million in revenue uh, with companies that are owner-managed and high-growth businesses. Yep. And any particular industries that um, get bit more benefit than others. I would say we're pretty industry agnostic. I mean, you know, with the talent we have on the team, we cover over 40 different industries, uh, but we're, we're heavy in manufacturing, heavy in construction, a lot of healthcare, uh, a lot of, but a lot of owner managed businesses that you probably wouldn't recognize the name because they're small to mid-sized enterprises. Okay. So we're, we're, we're talking to the podcast guests, uh, SME business owners, they're pretty much based in the US, UK, and Australia is, is where the audience tends to be. Um, they're going to be that growing enterprise. They're going to be in that, that same sweet spot. So if, if some of the audience is looking at it and going, hey, look, I'm growing my business. Yeah, I've, I've got budgets in place. I've got financial reports that I get every month. I've got a management accountant in the business who's, who's preparing those reports for me every month. Yeah, I, I can see that I'm tracking on my budget. Um, What's a CFO going to bring that their management accountant or or their 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 CPA is is not already doing in the business? Well, I mean, if you look at what a CPA does, they're really there to help prepare uh, you to get your taxes filed, uh, and they're really you know their primary focus is tax strategy. Where a CFO is more about the vision of the business and making that vision a reality. Uh, so we'll work with uh, our clients to help understand what the vision is and then really just make that a reality by using the data that's being provided through that financial reporting that you mentioned. And that, that's, that's really the difference between what a CFO brings to the table and what a CPA brings to the table. I would say that we don't really get into doing taxes. However, all of our, our um, CFOs are have a CPA qualification. So they're really there for helping with tax strategy and working hand in hand with what a CPA firm would do for a business. Uh, and, and by doing so, we're able to streamline information um, to CPA firms and really make it a lot more cost effective because they know they're getting clean information that they can use to, in order to file their taxes. And, and you know, the, the U.S. tax 
uh, system can be, you know, very complicated. So having that kind of experience and being able to work with a tax partner really helps enhance that for the small business owner. Okay, so we're we're moving, we're growing from just covering our our, our compliance base and um, you know from from working with the CPA. We've we've got our business plan in place. We've got a vision. We've got this big idea of what we want to achieve in our business, and and sometimes it's it, it's cultural, sometimes it's commercial, but we've got an idea of the destination we want to get our business to. Are you saying that the role of you know what one of working with one of your guys will do is go well? Let's do the financial modeling of what's required financially of what we have to do to get you from where you are to where you want to be. Yeah, I mean, that's that's so important that that financial modeling is not only in place, but it's squeaky clean and being used to make decisions based on math. That's that's really, I think, the big difference. A lot of entrepreneurs make uh, decisions based on their gut, and, that, and that's OK. I believe in gut instinct. But being able to put math behind that decision making process is so, so important uh, and, and being able to have a strategic partner and a CFO to help you with those decisions and say, hey, here's what the numbers are telling us. This is what our cash flow projection looks like uh, based on historical data. Here's what our sales projections look like out to the future. How are we going to use that to better run the business and be ready for anything that might be waiting for us down the road? So it's not yeah. just what's right in front of your windshield, but what's what's further down the highway. Yeah. So we can afford to invest in this strategy and that strategy. And if we're going to do an acquisition, because what this podcast is all about is going, how do we prepare the business? What's the journey from, hey, I, I decide I want to exit my business to actually having that exit? Um, we're, we're hearing more and more that CFOs make that journey a whole lot easier. Um, and, and we know from experience that working with a, with a, a business that has a CFO, everything just goes a whole lot smoother. So from your perspective, Pete, when, when that business owner, let's say they don't have a CFO in their business already um, or a part-time a C-suite CFO, <clears throat> Let's say they've gone, hey, look, I want to get out of my business in, in three years' time. I've, I've had some great growth over the last three, five, ten years, whatever it is, you know, and the business is, is stable um, and growing and sustainable. I now want to think about getting out of the business. Um, what's the CFO going to do? Given that I've been able to do everything I have you know, with, with the team I've got, what's the CFO going to do specifically um, now that I'm on that, that exit planning path? Yeah, and that's, that's really important, Daryl, because I think, you know, from my experience and what we've seen, what's going on out there with potential buyers, they're going to want to know, it's going to come down to the people. Uh, are the people that are in place, so your executive team, your leadership team, are they in the right seats? Do they know their roles? And are, do they have that institutional or that tribal knowledge that's gonna help for the transition and make the transition go smoothly? That coupled with really good, clean, squeaky clean financials that that is gonna always be looked at. The due diligence phase uh, is really where the CFO is gonna weigh in and say, you'd be able to answer any kind of questions that they're gonna, that uh, a potential buyer is gonna see in those numbers and be able to not only answer those questions, but tell the story behind the numbers. Because the numbers, you know, we don't believe the numbers, you know, they may be wrong, but you know, if they're, they're incorrect, 
you know, what's driving that? There's usually something behind the numbers that tells a story as to why they might not be accurate. So for, for a strategic CFO, it's important that they're able to understand that and be able to tell that to the potential buyer and explain that to the potential buyer and what the numbers are, are, are telling them and what they're seeing. Because, you know, you can look at a number, but there's always a lot more behind that number and what's driving a number in any kind of financial reports. Yeah. So so what business owners you know need to be aware of if they've never sold a business, they've never exited a business before, that what they're selling, that when the buyers are looking to acquire the business, what they're looking for is what's the likelihood of the historic revenues continuing under new ownership? And we want to know what the risk is to those revenues. So a CFO is going to provide all the mathematical, as you say, the numbers analysis uh, and provide the, the historic trend and therefore project that moving forward and provide you with all the systems and information that will give reassurance and confidence around those, those projections. And a potential buyer is going to come in and ask a whole lot of uncomfortable questions just because they want to have some confidence around those numbers and the analysis that they're seeing. And a CFO is the best person to have on your team to provide that confidence. And uh, that that's what you're saying, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. You know, CFOs are great at understanding the numbers and being able to help you know, a, a potential buyer understand what those numbers are telling us, you know, they're really there to answer the questions uh, behind that, you know, the detail behind the information and for those questions that are kind of come up. Because when that due diligence starts yet, they're going to dig into your business and they're going to really want to understand what's going on. You mentioned, you know, risk. There's always going to be risk and a potential buyer understands that. But as long as the reward outweighs the risk. Yeah you know, based on what the CFO is providing information wise, and they're seeing that that leadership team that's also a part of that and it has at least a high level understanding of the numbers, you know, they're gonna really that that's gonna open their eyes up to, hey, you know what, this is this is a good solid business and has, you know, a lot of potential and it's gonna, you know, open up, you know, those buying signs that we want to see when you're selling a business. Okay. So we've 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 got our CFO providing all of the numbers and all of the reassurance, and and they're the person with the skills that's going to uh, fulfill all the due diligence requirements and obligations that a buyer is looking for. Now, what else is a buyer looking for, Pete? When when potential buyers start sniffing around at the, your business, what's the first information they want? What what are they looking for to, I, I guess, engage them to go? Hey, look, I need to really find out. I need to do some deeper analysis on this business. This looks like a good opportunity worth investigating more. Yeah, I think for for us, what we've seen is a lot of buyers when, you know, the camel sticks its nose under the tent, they're going to want to look at things like, you know, a perfect example is, you know, things like bank loans, you know, are those bank loans, you know, in, in within the covenants or, or are there any violations and what's the reason for the violations? So it's the things that, you know, you get a working line of credit from a bank. You sign off on it, you got the money, you're using it to operate the business, but there's covenants that come with it. And a lot of times, you know, you just sign off on the agreement and you never think about it again. And from what we've seen with a lot of clients, you know, they're they're not always compliant with with what is in the uh the covenants. Um so being able to and, and they're gonna look at that. They're gonna look at any out 
outstanding balances you have, I'm going to want to understand those and what that money is being spent on. Uh, and, and it's just having a watchful set of eyes on you know, your cash flow and how the cash flow is being used and projected out into the future. So those cash flow projections are really important too. So they're going to want to see things like cash forecasts, budgets. And again, how does, how do the people, um, you know, how are they connected to that information and are they dialed in? Any, any good or solid executive leadership team is going to also, um, you know, need to be a part of that. And, and that's what a buyer is going to be looking for. Okay. And how do the buyers feel about seeing that the uh, the business has a, a fractional CFO as part of the exec team? Well, I, I think, you know, a lot of buyers, you know, often have fractional CFOs of their own doing the same type of work uh, in the background. So they do see it as a, a huge benefit because they know that they've got an experienced person uh, that's that understands the numbers, understands, you know, what's going to happen or what potentially could happen in the future. Uh, and they're, they're looking forward, you know, so it's, it's really just that forward look that, that the buyers really want to be able to see that, that, you know, it's not just about what's happening today, but, you know, what, what are any pitfalls that could be out there, you know, further down the road that we want to at least be ready for or understand could be coming our way if a purchase is made. Yeah. And Pete, I think you said you've, you've got a whole range of CFOs in your team. Uh, using their collective knowledge and experience, are you seeing any trends or patterns that um, you know, prospective buyers are looking for at the moment? Are, are they, do, you, do you collect that sort of intelligence? Yeah, yeah, we sure do. I mean, we, we have a, a dealmakers team uh, that's part of C-Suite Impact. Um, and, you know, they, they do a lot, a lot on, you know, the, the buy-sell side. Uh, and, you know, the patterns we're seeing from buyers is, you know, what's the risk reward? What, uh, you know, is this business sustainable? Can we grow it? Does the culture fit? Because we know how important culture is. You know, does the culture fit with my, my business that I'm going to, you know, be merging it into? Uh, and, you know, think about culture. It, it, you know, it's the engine of any successful company. So they're going to, uh, you know, they're going to want that stuff that's not tangible, that you can't touch and you can't feel, but you can see it. So being able to understand the culture of the business and how it's going to, you know, fit into the culture of the, of the existing business that it's being merged into. I mean, that, that we see a lot. Um, and, and the time that's spent on evaluating the executive team uh, is, is probably as much time they spend on, on that evaluation as they do uh, on the time they spend in looking into the reporting and the finance function uh, that's being generated by, you know, the bookkeepers, the controllers, and being signed off on by the CFO. Yeah. We're seeing a pattern now and, and, and people are asking us to get involved in doing a cultural due diligence. So they're doing the financial, the commercial due diligence, so that the tangible side of things, and they're saying, yeah, the intangibles, the intangible assets, you know, one of the main ones is culture. Let's do an assessment on that. Let's do some due diligence around the culture to make sure that it is a fit. Because as you and I both know, if, if, you're, if you're not part of the right culture, you need that culture to be consistent and clean across the whole organization. And it's pretty obvious when, when, you know, something doesn't fit into that culture. Yeah, absolutely. It, it, it'll, it'll jump out, you know, it'll be the first thing that jumps out. Um, so, you know, you, your team's got to be just as ready for the exit um, as you are. Uh, and if they're not, it, it will be an obstacle for, for your business and, and for it being, um, you know, for the transaction to happen. 
and and from your client's perspective, Peter, like um, most of these business owners, it's it's the first time they've ever sold a business. They're, they've often been running this business. They've been master of, of the business, controlling it for for mm-hmm. I don't know between five and you know thirty even longer years. What are some of the concerns or, or even fears that they've got when they they decide that they need to or, or, or are ready to start transitioning out of the business and 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 want to have an exit and, and hopefully a, a nice sale day? But what are some of the fears and concerns that you need to overcome with them, or is it just plain sailing? Yeah, it's it's never smooth sailing. I wish I wish it was that easy, Daryl. Um, but no, it's it's you know I think the big thing is is just letting go. Uh, you know, this is very personal then, you know, yeah. it, it's, it's just as much a part of their family as their, their, their immediate family is, uh, and being able to let go, I think is probably one of the biggest challenge challenges. And, and what we see with comp, you know, clients that we're working with is they, they, they have all that institutional knowledge and it sits with them. You know, they're usually the sales leader and, and they run sales. Uh, and then they get pulled back into the finance function, which, you know, they usually don't have the skill set for that. And that's OK. You know, th- they started a business because they had a, a passion for what it is they're doing or it's, you know, the next generation that's taken over and the generation after that. But but, the, the, you know, a potential, you know, someone that's selling their business, it's very personal to them. And that's probably one of the biggest challenges we have is saying, look, you, you can't make this personal. You know, it's, I know it's easier said than done, but it will be a challenge until you're, you're, you get comfortable with, you know, being able to open up the curtain and see what the, you know, that the wizard is doing behind that curtain uh, and, and not being afraid to stand in front of everything that, that, you know, a potential buyer is going to be looking at. So it's, it's just kind of letting their guard down to a certain degree. Um, and again, that strategic CFO is there to hold their hand and say, hey, it's, it's OK. This has got to happen in order for this transaction to take place. Yeah. Um, and, and I'm going to be there by your side to ensure that, you know, this is going to go smoothly. Yeah, they're used to uh, keeping everything close to their chest, aren't they? And, and not letting anyone in and, and, and confidential because uh, it's a ferociously competitive environment out there. <clears throat> Yeah, it's, it's it's not only it's a competitive environment, but, it, you know, again, I, I can't just, you know, I can't reiterate how, you know, personal it is to them. It's it's almost like it's one of their children. Uh, and it's it's almost like, OK, now I'm giving my daughter away because she's getting married. And, it, and it's kind of, you know, that intense at times. <laughs> and have you got any tips for business owners that are that are struggling with this? Yeah, I think, um, you know, trust who you're working with. Trust your team. Um, understand that you know that the, if if your uh, executive team is doing what they should be, uh, you know, and and you 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 trust them um, to be able to help bring you to exit based on you know that tribal knowledge they're going to have, and the tribal knowledge the CFO is going to have. Uh, just put put your trust in them and 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 do it. Do your best to, to not make it personal. I mean, that's probably not going to happen, but just in the background, know that you've got a support team behind you that's that's going to be there to guide you through this. Because, you know, yeah, you, to your point, yeah, most businesses it's the first time they've ever sold, yeah. but for a CFO, it's it's almost you know part of everyday life for them. Yeah, you know, so it's not 
is is intense or intense at all for the CFO. It, yeah, is it a lot of work? Absolutely. But you know, a, a true um, strategic CFO is, should have already done this enough times that they they know what's gonna you know gonna be an obstacle and what's gonna be a problem, uh, and they're gonna be there to help you overcome it. So just put put your faith in the people you've put in place and you've spent a number of years trusting and working with to be able to support you as you go through this. Yeah. So we get that right team around us, start with the CFO, and then we get the right legal guy and, and exit planning advisor and you know, financial planning as well and, and tax. So we, it really is more than one profession, isn't it? And we need that team, as you say, of skill sets to, to take me through what's going to be, in, in all likelihood, the biggest financial transaction in, in, in the, the business owner's life. So they've decided that they're, they're, they're going to start getting ready to excel the business, exit the business. They've engaged a, a CFO. What, what should they focus on next as a, as a business, you know, one of your clients? What, what are the things they should focus on? And I guess while we're focusing on the, the things that they, they should be considering, I guess it's also worth exploring what they shouldn't be doing, if I can ask you that, that double-ended question. Yeah, absolutely. So, so what they should be doing is, you know, a very comprehensive and look back um, uh, audit of their last three years financials and tax returns. Uh, and then also that evaluation of the executive team. You know, is everybody in the right seat in the right place on the bus? Yeah. Uh, and, and are they, you know, in the, in the best possible place to help make a successful transaction? Uh, and then, you know, I can't reiterate how that how important that is, but, you know, that goes hand in hand with, you know, your financial reporting and that data and then how that data is being used. Um, the message that I that I that I think is really coming through from what you're sharing here, Peter, is, yeah, the numbers are part of the story. But if, if you just present the numbers on a spreadsheet, yeah, it, a spreadsheet is dull on its own. The numbers form, the history of the numbers and, and, and the trend of the numbers form a story and, and it's important to tell that story rather than just present this, deliver the spreadsheet is, is kind of what I'm hearing here so that people know we, we all buy into a story, don't we? And, and you know, if we just present the spreadsheet, you know, it's dull and it's, it's like a bank statement. You know, but there's always a story behind the bank statement of, of the fun and enjoyment we had of, of what we spent our money on that month and what we, you know, the money that's come in and what have you. So, yeah, it's, it's what I'm hearing is, is the story from your guys. Is, is, is that something you, you, you really work towards? <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. Not only do we work towards it, but we, we help, you know, tell the story. And, and help that potential buyer understand what this business is all about and why this is a good investment opportunity for you. Uh, and, and if you're able to do that, um, you're going to have a successful exit. Uh, and, and, you know, with, you know, a CFO, it's important that they're great communicators. They also, they, they often get, you know, a bad reputation as, you know, just this person that's going to sit in an office and you're going to feed them spreadsheets and they're going to spit out responses and, and that's that's not what you know a good cfo should be doing they should be able to communicate clearly uh and and if they're able to communicate and tell that story clearly it's going to make that transaction go that much more smoothly okay 
and and the pitfalls i think we we skipped over what what are some of the pitfalls yeah, to you, avoid? Pitfalls, yeah. Uh, I, you know i think that, you know the, the biggest pitfall that that we see with with a potential client selling their business you know it goes back to you know some of the things you know we've been talking about it's you know it's 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 letting their guard down you know and being able to you know let someone else an outsider or a stranger come into their business uh, and and just start looking at everything and having questions about everything they see you know going back to you know outstanding you know you know loans you know bank lines of credit you know you know you, you know the you know the executive team what who you know who they are and what they bring to the table um you know be able be be um comfortable in opening up yourself and your business to that potential buyer uh, and oftentimes they're not comfortable doing that because they feel like it's an outsider coming in which it is <laughs> um but you know all, trying to trying to really you know find you know weak spots in the business. And that's what they're doing. They're trying to find the weak spots of the business. And then that's okay. There's going to be some weak spots. No transaction is going to you know, be perfect, squeaky clean. Uh, but just being comfortable with that and, and putting trust in your team to be able to help support you in that. Uh, and once they're able to overcome that obstacle, you know, it, it makes the transaction that much easier. Yeah. And I guess what I'm hearing between the lines again there is, is the, you see a foe coming in. Yes, they're an outsider, um, but they're an outsider sitting on the same side of the desk as you. So they're going to make you uncomfortable. They're going to be the first person that's going to take you through a whole lot of questions in preparation. And you're going to get uncomfortable because you're not going to like all the questions they're going to ask. But this is this won't be the last time you're asked those questions. And and when, when due diligence does come, someone's not going to be sensitive in the way they ask you those questions. They're just going to ask those questions straight out and they're not going to care if you're going to be offended because they just want the answers and they just want the story um, rather than the attachment to the story, I guess. So uh, if you can rehearse this and, and learn and, and, and desensitize somewhat because it is business is personal, if we can desensitize ourselves, you know, having that CFO is going to be a great training person so that when we go through it for real, um, you know, we're not going to get offended. We're going to be totally, or maybe more comfortable, and perhaps never be totally comfortable, but more comfortable with the questions and being grilled, and 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 therefore get through that that journey with a really good positive outcome. Not just for us as the as the sellers, but for the acquirers as well. Yeah, yeah. The only caveat I would add to that, Daryl, is is I wouldn't, you know, really, you know, we. You, our CFOs aren't really seen as outsiders because we embed ourselves in the business and we become the accounting and finance function. It's more the, you know, the buyer that's the outsider. Um, so if, if you have a, a fractional or part-time CFO in your business, they should already be considered, you know, even though they're, they're, you know, considered maybe a consultant, they, they, they become a part of the team, you know, so they, they, you know, spend, you know, personal time with, with their clients, you know, they go to, you know, bar mitzvahs, they go to weddings, they go to funerals, they, they do all those things just as if, it, you know, it was a full time, you know, person within the business. I, I would I would just say, you know, the, the CFO shouldn't be felt like 
or seen as an outsider once they're engaged, you know, when we're working with a client. Um, it's more so the buyer's coming in, that's the outsider and, and asking all these difficult questions. Yeah. Uh, and, and if you have that kind of relationship with your CFO, because that person is part of the business and embedded in it, that, that should, shouldn't, be, shouldn't be an obstacle. Um, and even for the potential buyer, because potential buyers are working with a lot of fractional CFO firms as well for their own due diligence uh, and, and for the, the questions that, that need to be asked that, that maybe, you know, the buyer himself or herself wouldn't, wouldn't know, but, but their CFO would know yeah. to ask the right questions. Yeah, it's not when they ask the questions. It's not personal. They just want to know the information, don't they? They've got a job to do. So it's just an information gathering exercise. If you look at it that way, it, it makes it all that much easier. Yeah. And and as you say, your CFOs are sat on the same side of the desk as their clients. So they're, you know, they're seeing it from that perspective and presenting the story from that perspective. Thanks for that clarification. That's absolutely right. Pete, look, you've shared a whole lot uh, with us and, and just that strategic overview that the CFO brings from the the numbers, bringing the numbers to life, I guess, is 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 what you're saying um, to present a story for the the history of the business so that it can be seen in its best light. <clears throat> on alongside of that, or, or on top of that, so is there? What's the one key message you know that we've shared today that that you want to make sure that listeners um, who are starting to think about uh, preparing their business or starting to think that they want to exit their business in the next three to five years? You know, what's the key message you want them to to hear from um, from you today? So I, I think for me, the key message is start building your business to exit today. It should be part of your vision. Uh, and, and it should be something that you are prepared for now rather than later, because you're not going to just say, hey, I want to sell my business. And it's going to happen in the next week. It, it does take some time. Yeah. So prepare today, make it part of your vision uh, and and make sure that, you know, when the time comes, everything that we've been talking about today, when it comes to your financials and your executive team and, and everything that's going to come your way when due diligence starts, you're you're ready, ready for it. Because we believe at C-Suite Impact CFO, any business that's built and run to exit tomorrow usually means it's a well-run business, a sustainable business, and a business someone's is going to be attracted to buying, and and you're going to have more than one potential buyer, and that's a great place to be in. So it's it's a, it's a matter of being ready today and building to exit today, uh, and 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 not you know and not wavering off that. You know, once you've decided, you know, I'm going to exit in three years, it, it needs to be part of your everyday you know, activities uh, and something that it comes across your desk and, and you're discussing openly with, with your team. Okay. So get exit ready um, because, you know, that way if you are exit ready well in advance, even if you don't have a specific plan date in place, if you do get offers, you're then going to be able to uh, approach those from the front foot rather than a point of reacting and being on the back foot, which means that if it is a good deal, you've got got half a chance of it proceeding rather than it falling over because you don't you're not able to respond quick enough to get the information pardon me the information that they're looking for absolutely right if, you, if you're more, more proactive today 
it's going to only help you in the future for uh, for preparing for your exit. Brilliant. Hey, Peter, thanks for sharing your thoughts with us from uh, C-Suite Impact today and all of your experience in, in providing fractional CFOs to help business owners in the SME sweet spot uh, get ready for exit and uh, uh, exit on their terms. Thank you, Daryl. I really appreciate you inviting me on your podcast today. It's it a great time and, and hopefully you know, we can help uh, you know, some of uh, your clients and, and any, anybody out there that's looking at exit and, and you know, make it less scary.